Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Tim Petropolis, here with the only two twins holding it down in the offseason. What's good, Michael and Jason? What it do? Chilling, killing. Uh, so today we have a best ball episode for you guys. Uh, believe it or not, there are drafts going on right now. And if you were one of those people uh, participating in one of them, congratulations, so are we. Um, and they're called best ball drafts. And a best ball draft is when you pick a team and then you're not allowed to do anything to that team for the whole entire season. And the best players at each position are the players that count for your points that week. So you don't have to worry about sitting and starting and picking up free agents. The only problem is that it could backfire. We're going to go over everything and we're going to have a specialist Mike Beers on with a interview with Michael and Jason about uh, best ball and what it is. But until then, you guys ready to get it started? Always. Feeling all right. The Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. Feeling all right. Feeling okay. I've been up high. I've been all the way. Can't kill my vibe. Doing what it takes. Sacrificing everything I ever could have gained. I'm surprised you went so much in depth about best ball before the song. Really? It's, it's really it's usually not your forte. You're usually very short and concise before entering the episode. Optimal lineups, optimal Tim. Nah, well, kind of, kind of optimal. <laughs> All right. Well, now that you've harassed me over my uh, hosting, get better abilities. at your job. <laughs> uh, we are going to go into best ball today. So we, like Jason said, we touched on it in the opener. Best ball is a type of draft where you draft and you do not stop draft. You do not do any trades. You do not fix a lineup. You do not. Um, what else? What else do you do? No not free do? agent transactions. No free agents. Nothing. You literally draft and call it a day. You draft and call it a day. Uh, a lot of people th- think that this is the ultimate test of football knowledge. Uh, uh, there are other people out there that think um, it's basically meaningless and it's a random crapshoot. I lie somewhere in between. I enjoy it, but I much more enjoy the daily grind of what is yearly fantasy football. Uh, Jason, what are your thoughts on, on the practice of best ball before we get into strategies and things of that nature? Yeah, I think it's very uh, unique. Um, you know that I'm a person that enjoys trading, enjoys playing the waiver wire. That We do redraft. That's... I mean, that's basically the biggest part of it, right? Uh, knowing when to play a player. Knowing that Traquan Smith is only reliable at home. Stuff of that sort. So I don't love best ball in that you can kind of get bailed out by just drafting Traquan Smith. And then when he's good, there you go. He's going to be good. But I do like the um, part of it where you just are able to draft very deep and go from there. Because most people, I'm going to assume win their leagues when they're drafting great late. Like last season, you could have got Patrick Mahomes late. You could have got Nick Chubb super late. Philip Lindsay probably went undrafted in a lot of leagues, but you could have got Philip Lindsay, stuff of that sort. So I feel like it is a very good test of knowledge in the back ends of the drafts where, uh, so that's what I like about it. You can try to take your shot on guys, and if they pan out, then you're getting someone who might be a fourth rounder by August a lot later. Uh, in March, Michael, what are your overall thoughts on the practice of best ball? It's it's like Tyreek Hill too, who had he was probably one of the most peak and valley. If you go back and check, I haven't checked because they it'd be it'd be a lot of work. But all the the most peak and valley type players, season wise, Tyreek Hill ended as the number two overall wide receiver, I believe, right behind Devontae Adams. Yes, and he had like seven weeks, I think, where he wasn't even in the top thirty receivers because he was just a monster the other weeks. And that doesn't matter at all in best ball. It, it's actually better in best ball because you get the 30-plus point weeks and the weeks where you put up seven. It's okay because you had Chris Godwin who put up 14 who replaces him. Yeah. So it's okay that Tyreek Hill sucked that week. Just to make so it clear. definitely a different mindset. I'm going to cut you off one second. Just to make it clear, uh, you have a team. Let's say you have a roster of 20. And then let's say the, out, the setup is one quarterback, two running back, three receiver, a tight end, and a flex. Your top scorers that week get put into those positions. You don't set a lineup. It's just whoever your top scorers are at the positions, they get put in. Yeah, so it's kind of auto. Optimal lineup. Right. So before we get into the the world of best ball, we do have some news and notes here for you guys around the league right now. We're going to be featuring this uh, just for the stuff that's, you know, not really quite important to have segments about, but we should be mentioning. So the first thing, Jordan Howard, the Bears by reports are looking to trade him. What could a Jordan Howard 
uh, trade mean for not only the backfield for Chicago, but also for Jordan Howard himself? Michael, why don't you start? Man, if Jordan Howard was a running back even like eight years ago, he'd be so much more loved. He entered the league at such a terrible time for runners like him, where if you have no hands, you're basically going out the door. Because he's, he's an effective early down runner. We've all seen him be an effective early down runner. He's been a great find for the Bears who took him in the fifth round a few years ago. But he just his his mold just doesn't fit NFL offenses anymore where it's like it's so obviously either gonna be a run or a or a play act well, it's more than likely gonna be a run when Jordan Howard's on the field because he has no pass catching ability. Also or or it's gonna be a pass to a wide receiver. He's like, you, you don't that, have to yeah. you don't have to give a guy there. Something that I just thought of right now. Because I was trying to think of similarities for Jordan Howard. And I feel like he's a younger version of today's Frank Gore. Uh, he's more of like a bruiser. He's not going to catch anything. If the Jets don't go after Le'Veon Bell, Jordan Howard could be a fit in New York. That's true. A little Elijah McGuire action right next to him alongside. And, as, him, and Adam Gase had Frank Gore in Miami. Mm. Similar type of runner. And as much as we hated the fact that Kenyon Drake didn't get enough rushes... He got like seven targets a game at a certain point in the year, like towards the end of the year. Drake, yeah, his best games came when he was getting targets. Right, so you, that is something that is a precedent. Before. I feel like I I want to see who they replace him with because Matt Nagy knows that Terry Cohen isn't a three down back. No, yeah, so that's that's the most intriguing thing for me. Like when I'm looking for the future of uh, Jordan Howard, it's really where does he end up? Because if they he goes to a team like the Jets, then maybe he does have success. But if he ends up going to a team like the Patriots. Not so much, and uh, he's not going to go to the Patriots. But you know what I mean. Like he, he there's different spots uh, that he could be. Uh, on the other hand, the Bears, what are they going to do? Because Tariq Cohen, I think he proved that he was the better overall running back than Jordan Howard last year. But I don't think by any means of the or by any stretch of the imagination you could go into the year with a five six running back as your starting running back and think you're okay. No, that's why I think that it's going to be interesting to see what they do if they get rid of Jordan Howard. Because are they going to? draft a running back in the third round, or are they going to draft one in the seventh round, or bring in an undrafted rookie, or are they going to go get Mark Ingram, or something like that. I think that the piece that they bring in is going to say a lot about how much work Tariq Cohen's going to get. Speaking of running backs, Jarek McKinnon is back in the news. Mike Shanahan said that he expects, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan said that he expects McKinnon to be the 49ers top running back. I am taking this with a grain of salt. I don't know how you could say that when you got coming off a terrible knee injury and Matt Burita just had a great year. Um, am I intrigued by this now, though? Yes. Uh, it does take me a little bit. I was off the strong stance that Jarek McKinnon was going to get cut. Um, I haven't backed up off that stance, but this does lead me to wonder. Jason, what does this mean for the 49ers backfield? Burita does not get enough love. I agree. I think he was great Never last does. season. He felt He dealt with injuries, but guess what? McKinnon's injury prone too. So how do you combat that? You use both your guys. That's mm -hmm. what he did in Atlanta. Uh, he didn't really do it last year. Uh, last yeah, last season, kind of like you saw Raheem Mostert have some games and stuff like that. But that was more because they were just lacking talent. I don't think it's. I think that both of these guys offer some upside because they're probably going very late at the moment. Um, it's going to be important to see closer to the season. Uh, what's going on in San Francisco? But I think that Jimmy Garoppolo leading that offense with Shanahan has juice all written all over it. Michael? I mean, I could certainly see a scenario where both McKinnon and Breida are usable every week. Uh, Freeman and Coleman-esque, since that's a Shanahan-style offense. But they're both very similar style players. So, it'll. I mean, I could see them taking turns back and forth each rotation. So speaking of running backs by committee and switching off, new Packers head coach Matt LaFleur said a committee approach would be most effective when it comes to Jamal Williams and Adam Jones. Michael, as the tre as, as the resident Adam Jones lover, lover, lover man, um, what do you think about, what what I say? Did I say Adam Jones this time? Aaron Jones. I, we just had to cut because Michael said you said Adam Jones, and I didn't say Adam Jones, and then he put Adam Jones in my head. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to edit. It's going to be Adam Jones again. What do you? How do you feel about Aaron Jones? Obviously, you guys know I'm an Aaron Jones. You're, yeah. you're fucking me up. I'm an Aaron Jones fan. It's baseball mode, man. I won the bet of uh, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, or Ty Montgomery between us three earlier in the year because I basically won every single bet we made throughout the season. Yeah, except the bullshit bets where you say that Ty Montgomery was only two games into... I'm still mad about that bet. Sucks for you. I was right you about that. <laughs> but this... 
It's just the reaction to it is blood. Because honestly, we saw LaFleur use Henry and Lewis the same way, but then we saw him absolutely just crush Derrick Henry at the end of the year saying, go out there and do what you do best. So I wouldn't be surprised if it starts the same way, kind of like Henry and Lewis-esque, and then it just goes to whichever one is playing better takes over the backfield, which is obviously going to be Aaron Jones. Mm, that's an interesting perspective. Then. So I think he might be a – it depends on his ADP. I'm not sure where he's going yet, but he could either be he's – a, he's a big risk. He could either be a huge steal at his price or a huge bust at his price, depending on the – the way the running backs are used it makes me it makes me want to stay away from Adam Jones where he you, his ADP <laughs> whatever his ADP's got to be around like the third fourth round at this point right Aaron Jones Aaron Jones I'm not I sure check, about I'll check an moment. FFPC draft and see where he went it's got to be around there like I can't imagine him going it's probably the around there I mean the upside is huge we saw it this season uh, even if he's splitting work but. He didn't really. He didn't really split work when he played, though. Even it was, if we, it was basically his backfield. Even if we saw, if Lafleur didn't say this, I I expected it. That's the type of thing Lafleur did last season. Um. Okay. I guess that's what Jason has to say about this. Uh, Nick Foles, the favorite to sign him is the Jaguars. What do you do? You like that for the Jaguars wide receivers? Their running game. The Jaguars are, you know what? We'll skip this one just because the Jaguars are so open the air. We don't know if Fournette's coming back. We don't know what their wide receiver situation is. And uh, Johnny Manziel, cut from the CFL, going to explore the XFL and the USSA and UFL and the ACO and the AWF and all the new football leagues that are coming Oh, out. how the mighty have fallen. Yeah. Um, well, that's what happens we'll when you do take a shot on OD cocaine. Don't do drugs, kids, especially cocaine. All right, so that was our news and notes segment. Uh Really important stuff, obviously, especially for the don't do cocaine part. Um, but let's get into our best ball strategies and best ball uh, feelings and just notices and notes. Again, we're going to have best ball excer- expert Mike Beers on the show um, coming up in just a little while. They did He did an uh, interview with Michael and Jason uh, through the magic of editing. It's going to be after the show, even though it happened before the show. Wow. <laughs> Brain explosions. Um, so let's get into it. Jason, what is a best ball strategy that differs from a redraft league that you would say is a strategy for best ball? Uh, Guys, cut you off real quick. Aaron Jones went in the fourth, early fourth. There you go. So fourth round. Makes sense. Yeah. I think that a lot of times you hear people are best ball guys. Um, Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith are the obvious examples there where they're going to go off, and then when they go off, they'll be in your lineup. So I think that those people are, of course, more attractive. Um, unless you're m- me and can tell the future with Saints wide receivers. They only perform at home, people. Besides Michael so Thomas. Listen, I was right on the money with Traquan Smith all season. And, and Ted Ginn. And Ted when Ginn he was in, same shit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The second receiver for the Saints at home. Book it. Um so they're a lot more attractive in best ball leagues. So that differs a little bit um, with redraft. So I suppose that strategy works more. I'm not completely sold on it, though. Um, I feel like it's a lot to do with the draft you're going with. Because, sure, these people are going to go off, let's say, six very good games on the season, right? But that only means they're contributing to your team six times that season. So you're going to have to match him at some point with a more consistent player. Uh or if you take a high-end re- receiver first, then you know you could take a chance a little later on. It, it depends with roster construction, I think, because you really need to look into the future with best ball. Um, if you're drafting Ted Ginn and uh, Anthony Miller and people like that, like you're just taking a chance on names you think you can explode. Uh, and then they all don't explode one week. You're pretty fucked. Yeah, you're screwed. Yeah. Michael, what's the strategy that you have in best ball? Uh, a strategy, I, I follow be- a lot of people on Twitter for best ball because I'm, obviously we're not best ball guys or redraft guys, so I try to get some info from them. Uh, we were sick, ball, but, but with that being said, we had a lot of successful best ball teams this year. We did, but like yeah. we, we, were brand, into something we were brand new to best ball last Well, you guys season. are brand yeah. new. This is my second year of best ball. Yeah, so we, we started dabbling in it. We did pretty well. Uh, and I like piling up a lot of wide receivers because they seem to be the biggest variance week in and week out a la Tyreek Hill who I mentioned earlier and Ted Ginn, Traquan Smith, guys like that. So you could use the peaks and valleys to your advantage when running backs are more consistent like Christian McCaffrey. 
he was going to get you in half PPR 15 to 25 points every single week, no matter what. And he's more than likely going to be a starter in your optimal lineup because that's great amount of points every week. And then you got running backs like Jordan Howard, who will give you like 15 or three, but I think those are less plenty compared to wide receivers, especially if you're doing like a starting three wide receivers instead of starting two wide receivers. It's, it's depends where you're playing. So I like to stack up a bit on wide receivers. I'm actually going to piggyback off what you said in just, just a little bit. My rule is play your league. Um, when you're playing best ball, on the surface it might sound like, oh, yeah, this is for beginners. Everyone drafts, and then you don't have to do anything. You just leave it alone. Nah. Best ball is not for beginners. If, you, if you're playing best ball, then you are a fantasy guy who— Very strategic. Yeah, it's strategic. You think you know the future, so you want to test that out. Um, you think you know which players are going to succeed and which players are not on a overall outlook. So it's really the best of the best trying to to, to do it. And we played in the draft with Giants uh, League that run by Andy Singleton, uh, who, had, who has all these fantasy football celebrities and things on, pros versus Joes. And we played in that league, and those guys are serious. Mm -hmm. So what they did was they had rules that said every yard counts the same, and that included kick return yards. Yeah, it was crazy. All right, the number one ranked player after Todd Gurley in, like, week five, I think, was our team who we drafted in, like, the 20th round, Jakeem Grant. Yeah, Jakeem Grant. We got a kick return for the Dolphins. a ridiculous amount of punt return yards and already returned two kicks, too. We got to grab him again too. this season. <laughs> Farrell Cooper was another one that, that had an outstanding year for in, in terms of that. Well, two years ago. Last year, Cooper was hurt, but that's why we grabbed Right, Cooper. right, right. Oh, yeah. Cooper was our eighth round pick. <laughs> yeah. And that's how There was guys going super, super early that were kick returners, and we... And we weren't, you know, savvy enough to go check the rules. And and Michael's the one that caught it because it was it's a, one of those long drafts. I don't know if you've ever played this. This is usually how slow it goes. Draft, it's it's a slow draft, right? So what happens is someone makes a pick, and then you get a, a notification. And then you have what, like forty eight hours to make a pick, or depends, something like that. Depends on the league. Four, eight. And whenever you make the pick, it's when you make the pick, and the draft will go for two, three, four weeks even. Yeah. Um. So you constantly have to be on the ball, and you don't have the opportunity to kind of like. Look at the rest of the draft. But Michael, of course, because he's Michael, he goes back and he looks back and he's like, yo, this guy just picked, like, let's say, who, who do you remember who it was? The Tyler Lockett in, like, the third round. Tyler Lockett yeah. in the third round. And he's like, why on earth would he pick Tyler Lockett in the third <laughs> round? Like, he, uh, the Tiger, Tyler Lockett ended up having a good season, but before the season last year, he was known as a kick returner, right? So Michael put two and two together. He looks at it and he's like, oh my God. So then we got Farrell Cooper, we got Jakeem Grant, and we had, like, an unfair advantage all of a sudden. So also, I we made were a, crushing it, man, until all the injuries hit us. Yeah, man, we were crushing it. We were, we were. That's I, we, the thing about best ball, the damn injuries. injuries. Yeah. One thing that killed me, though, we're, I made a mistake in one of the leagues. I didn't realize that there was one less roster spot than in the other league I was playing. And what happened was I didn't do the math correctly. And when you're in those leagues, you got to do the math correctly. You have to have enough room for two or three quarterbacks. You have enough enough room for at least five wide receivers, at least four running backs. You want depth at each position. So I was going crazy, and then I had two, three spots left, and I hadn't drafted a tight end or a defense. <laughs> so that leaves me with I'm going to have a tight end or a defense weekly that if, if the tight end gets hurt, well, one thing good, that's good about defense is defense can't get hurt. But if a tight end gets hurt, I'm not going to have a tight end for the rest of the year. So I ended up drafting Zach Ertz as my tight end, and I really made a I, – I got lucky – because I drafted two defenses instead of, and I only had one tight end all year. It happens to be Zach Ertz, and he didn't get hurt, yeah, so it was you. good. Yeah, but there was one week where having no points at the tight end position Donut. fucked me over. I mean, I'm sure some people had zero points at that tight end position just for that's true. No reason. <laughs> I do want to piggyback off that because I feel like we were in a tournament this season, and I'm not gonna name it because I'm gonna shit on it just a little bit. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but there wasn't enough roster spots. Yeah, uh, that, that's a big thing. This with, is the one that I'm talking about. Yes, there's a big thing with best ball. Make sure if you're going to join a best ball league that there's enough roster spots um, for you to fit a team. So as Tim was saying a little bit, he touched upon. So I had like two tight ends, two defense, four running back, five receivers. And then I had a quarterback and then there was only one pick left. And I was like, all right, I need two quarterbacks. I go late quarterbacks. I was planning on getting three or four late quarterbacks. Uh, it's like streaming every week, except you don't even have to make the choice. You just pop them in. 
My two quarterbacks were Jimmy Garoppolo and Alex Smith. My two were Jimmy Garoppolo and Marcus Mariota. Dude, after week what? Four? <laughs> I didn't have quarterbacks. Yeah. And my season was toast. So I think rosters are a big deal in best ball. As some people look over, the more roster spots, the merrier, honestly. There's no waivers or anything. I want people picking the sixth receiver off the Rams depth chart onto their team. Because why not? Like the, the FFPC has 28 round best ball draft. See, that's how it should and, be. Yeah, people had... You saw winning teams who in the 27th round took Tyler Boyd. Right, right, right. Or... or who, there's a bunch of guys that could possibly go like a guy like Tyler Lockett yeah. or a guy like CJ Anderson. Yeah. Whoever took CJ Anderson got lucky in the, uh, right. Playoff <laughs> time. And that's the best, that's the best part. The best part is doing that and, and really testing the knowledge. Cause then who picks the right third string? No one knows. Or like who picked Elijah McGuire? You know what I mean? Who was out, who people might've thought was out for the year. When you were getting that and end up coming back after week six. And that's why... Who picked Matt Breida? That's why best ball is fun. Right. So that's why playing best ball with small rosters is pointless. Right. It's I not want, as fun. I remember because in that league, it was rosters. only 15 rounds, which is just absurd. I had Devontae Freeman, <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo, Rex Burkhead, like all these... And then I was... I stood no chance because it was only 15-man rosters, so I couldn't even get this, the guys who I was targeting late. That were working for me in other leagues, but I couldn't draft them in this league because there just wasn't enough space. Yeah. I remember John Ross. I took John Ross in one of the leagues, and Michael and Jason are like, what are you doing taking John Ross? Yeah, it's a 15-round best ball, and you took John Ross. Well, I thought John Ross was going to have Tyler Boyd's year in the in the beginning of the year. That, If you think about it, that I mean, role, not for nothing. Me and Jason told you that was a terrible— Hold on. Tim's Idea. using the Royce Freeman Philip Lindsay argument I am. <laughs> for the John Ross talk. <laughs> the no. role was correct though. That you can't go. By oh, the way, no. I was all over Tyler Boyd last year. You were. I remember that. Yeah, you remember that, right? Uh, I'm, I'm 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 a little bitter because like I was David a year Johnson. early. A year early. Yeah, I was a year early on David Johnson too. Like I'm a little bitter because I'm a year early, but at the Maybe end of the day, I was. You should start drafting guys you like the year before. Dude, there's so many times I could tell you, like I was all over the Bucks last year. It's like, yo, Bucks, they're making it this year. Yanni's MVP this year. What happens? Oh, they're talking about the Buccaneers. No, nah, no, nah, the Bucks, the Bucks, Milwaukee the basketball Bucks. Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm infamous for that shit. Um, I, it, when you do play best ball, right? Um, what kind of league are you looking for? We already, we already told you about the, um, the roster size. But is there any other thing like, oh. if, how many quarterbacks? How many, how many quarterbacks are you taking to be comfortable? Let me. I'm gonna. Not answer that question real quick because you asked about positions and it reminded me of something. Good. Something that a lot of people should be on the lookout for in best ball leagues. Tight end premium is becoming a very popular thing, uh, meaning that everyone is PPR, but tight ends are one and a half PPR. Um, I just want to make it clear that when you're just trying best ball leagues, you want to keep a focus on that. And then what you want to do is not give a shit about it. Really? Yes. I thought you were going to say draft every tight no. end. Um Unless you're getting Ertz, Kittle, or Kelsey, just like uh, in actual football, it doesn't mean anything. Um, sure, you get an extra half point per catch. So Kittle, Kelsey, and Ertz, they're going to jump into the first, second round. That's crazy. Right, but a, but a but guy's getting five catches, because you're only getting two and a half extra points. Exactly. You're trying to, just because, uh, I don't know, who's a court, uh, Vance McDonald, someone I like going into this season, but last season Vance McDonald wasn't trustworthy. Yeah. You're going to start Vance McDonald or you're going to start a wide receiver three like, uh, I don't know, Tyler Lockett or something? So the, the FFPC is every single draft is tight end premium drafts. So I obviously have seen a lot of FFPC drafts going down. And last season, I was like, yo, I want to play in these drafts so bad because these people are making the biggest mistakes. Like you saw, you saw Gronk going in the first round, which I was okay with. It just sucks for them. But you had like Kelsey and Ertz obviously going early. But then you had Kittle going in like the sixth, seventh round, which is like me and Jason would My be drafting God. him every single time. And you have guys taking like Delaney Walker, Greg Olson in the third and fourth That's round. That's what I'm saying. Don't do that. Don't yeah. take second tier tight ends just because it's one and a half. I think Delaney Walker is a little bit of an exception because he's one of those guys that could get but at seven that point catches, you're taking, eight catches a game. Uh, at that point, you're taking him over a wide receiver who could do that. Though. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like you could have gotten, gotten Robert Woods there easy or. Cooper Cup or a good Brandon game. Cooks, any of the Rams receivers. A good game for these second-tier tight ends is five catches. So that's an extra two and a half points. That's What's seven that? and a half. Yeah, sure. What's that really getting you, though? 
I'd rather have a wide receiver yeah. or a running back. So I, I agree. My strategy is ignore the one and a half tight end premium. Let other people try to attack that. Unless we're talking about the big dogs. Especially because, like, these tight ends who are ending with, like, 60 catches and 500 yards translate that into the one and a half PPR for the receivers. And it's probably, like, 80 catches for 700 yards. And everyone else is doing that already. Exactly. So just not worth it. So let's say that you are feeling really, really confident about, like, say, like, my, my, my situation last year with John Ross, right? I was feeling really, really confident that John Ross was ready to have a breakout year last year. It was one of my, my worst calls. But, again, I will say Tyler Boyd had a breakout year, so someone in that role had it. And I I thought that it was coming, so I drafted him, right? Now, do you draft guys? How many guys like that do you draft on your squad in best ball? Guys are just going to be like, these guys could really be the next up or they could suck. How many of those guys are you comfortable having on your best ball team? Because those guys in your redraft team, you want one, two tops. On your best ball team, maybe that's different. How many guys like that are you comfortable? Let's say you have a 20-man uh, roster. I, I think it would depend on my roster construction up to that point and the picks I've made before that. So, like, I'll just keep talking about FFPC, for example. They, you could start. I like the format. It's one QB, uh, two running backs, two receivers, one tight end, two flex. And it's one and a half PPR for tight end. So there's like extreme flexibility with your lineups. People go crazy with their different lineups. So if you already have like DeAndre Hopkins and Julio Jones as your first two rounds, if you're at the turn or something and you choose those two guys, you only have to start two wide receivers. So if you draft John Ross later, I mean, it's not that big of a deal if he busts. But if he doesn't bust and goes off, he could go into like a flex spot, you know? Because you already have DeAndre Hopkins and New- and Julio, who are probably going to be in your t- wide receiver one and two every single week. So they gotta. So you're taking guys that are proven, and then you're t- in in those proven areas. You're more likely to take a risk because they'd have to outscore the superstar in order to even play. Basically, that's yeah, another reason like why idea. I don't love middle round tight ends because there's one tight end spot, and then there's two flex spots. So you're assuming that these tight ends that you're drafting are going to have to go into these flex spots, and that hurts you with your uh, versatility in, with running backs and wide receivers. Why are you assuming that? Because, well, because it, once you draft more than one tight end, the only option is the, the flex, flex spots for you to have two starting tight ends on that roster. So then you're week. banking on these tight ends to do well. And then you're going to have less wide receivers and running backs that are all going to have to be jammed into two positions or they'll fill into the flex and then your tight ends that you drafted high are never going to see the daylight on your starting lineup. Uh, it's it's an interesting thing. Definitely something that's new to the fantasy world. So definitely something that doesn't the strategies that are all out there. No one knows the true strategies yet. This is new. This is a new fantasy thing. For those of you who've been playing for a long time, you're probably yelling at the at your phones right now. This has been around forever. This has been around forever. Well, I'm talking about like in the mainstreams, like when people are talking about it in, in everyday life. Um, and when we started playing, you know, when 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 the twins start playing, you know, it's it's real. It's out here. Sure. Um, some guy that is eight is the closest you're going to get to an expert. Um, he's going to join us on the real recognized real segment coming up. Again, real recognized real is when we have people on the line in order to show, hey, there's a lot of people in this fantasy community that suck, period. Um, we want to show you the opposite. We want to show you people that you could follow, people that you can listen to their advice, people that we trust, people that we hope trust us, and that's why they... They're coming on our show. So Mike Beers is the next guy. He is a specialist at this best ball stuff. So we're going to ask him all about that. Um, Extensive work in the field. Jason is going to introduce him. For sure. You're going to hear about 40 seconds of just talking about what he does in the best ball community. Really? You think you think best ball expert, you think Mike Beers. So yeah. we're very excited to have him on. For sure. Uh, he is the cream of the crop when it comes to this. Uh, before we go, a little programming notes from us at Brodo. Uh, we have a lot of things on the horizon coming up. Remember, BrodoFantasy.com and BrodoFF.com is where you can get our brand new articles that we're coming out with. Jason has written two already. I'm in the process of writing one. Michael's in the process of writing one. So we're going to have those. Um, we're looking to expand soon. We're going to see how these articles work out. But if you write articles and you think that you want to give it a try, hit us up in our DMs at Brodo Fantasy. We are not giving out any positions yet, but hey, say hey. You know, I write. I love fantasy. Keep me in mind for when you do start expanding, and we will. We promise. We will keep you in mind. Um, 
We we have a lot of things coming up starting in April when the draft season starts to heat up and all that stuff heats up. We're going to be doing two episodes a week, uh, back to the two-episode format, so get ready for that. We have a bunch of guests lined up uh, coming up, uh, and Mike Beers is one of them. So without any further ado, let's check out Brodo Dugout. Oh, Mike, I almost forgot. (laughs) Michael, again, it is fantasy baseball time, and the best fantasy baseball player I know, uh, no lie, and I'm not just saying that to blow smoke up his ass, he knows I don't like to compliment him when I don't have to, uh, is the person to my right, uh, Michael, uh, and if you follow him, you will be better at fantasy baseball, I promise you. The way to find it is at Brodo Dugout on Twitter, um, at Mike underscore Patrop on Twitter. Also, you could ask him some questions. Uh, He's going to have episodes dropping on this uh, stream, um, Probably release one tomorrow. Right. So it's it is it gonna be what is it gonna be like uh, every week the same stream. day? No, it's no, it's kind of random based on my schedule. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the reason we're not doing baseball this year is because we really want to focus on football and because, uh, yeah, the schedules are a little crazy. So we 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 want to put all of our focus on football. But Michael can't help but focus on fantasy baseball, uh, because he's so damn good at it. Um. So without any further ado, now we good. Be good? Let's do it. Uh, let's get into this interview with Mike Beers, the expert in best ball drafts. It is now time for our real recognized real segment on Brodo. We only bring in the best minds in fantasy so that we can recognize the real ones in this uh, industry that's getting a little crowded, and Mike Beers is definitely one of them. Uh, one of the premier fantasy followers on Twitter today, if you're not following him, you're missing out. He's on Rotoviz. He's creating best ball charts for ADP. And roster construction for FFPC, Fanball, Fantrax, and Draft. He's often sharing his charts for free on his Twitter account, so make sure to give those a look. He hosts a Slack community called the Best Ball Command Center for all your best ball needs. He's a Fantasy Sports Writers Association member. He won the 2017 FFPC Pros vs. Joe's Draft. Basically, this guy constantly works on his fantasy skills. I'm surprised he even had time for us today. How you doing, Mike? Hey, I'm doing well. Uh, yeah, no, I'm always happy to... Uh talk baseball and uh, fantasy football in general. So, awesome. So, happy to be here. Great. Glad to hear it. So we are a redraft um, fantasy sports uh, podcast. podcast. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. So we wanted to use this episode to give our people a better view on what best ball is. Uh, that's what we discussed earlier. So um, more of a general sense, what would you say, what attracted you most to best ball since that's what you ended up focusing on? Uh, yeah, so when, uh, when I first got into it, uh, four or five years ago now, um, it, there were a couple of things. One is that, you know, I like I like trading, I like managing my teams, but the nice thing about best ball is you get to do so many drafts. I mean, like, you know, the, the draft is the entire thing. Um, and then your team runs at the end of the year, you see who won. Um, and that in itself, uh, you know, if you're only going to do one league, yeah, I would sign up for a regular redraft league, but I really like drafting and, uh, you know, I end up doing, you know, 50 to a hundred to 200 of these over the off season, um, keeps me in tune with, uh, with ADP and everything. Um, and that, so that's the really nice thing about us, but drew me to it. And then what made me really dive into it was people didn't, nobody's really done the work on these things. I mean, there's, you know, there's a structure to the draft. Uh, there's, you know, a lot of the 20 rounds, 28 rounds, 18 rounds, whatever it is, there's, you have to draft uh, the right number of players at each position or your team ends up, you know, totally messed up. Um, and, you know, there's a ton of data on it. So I just put in the work to figure out what the right way to do that was. I, one thing I'm going to point out that you just said about the position. So, one per one thing that a lot of people who don't play best ball have trouble figuring out is how many players at each position should I have? Uh, what's your take on positional uh, values? Yeah, so it's there isn't one exact answer. Like, there's not uh, you know you need to have five running backs exactly or or whatever. But and it changes depending on where you're playing. So like the FFPC they have 28 rounds in their drafts and they have kickers. Whereas, you know, on fan ball, they have 20 rounds and they, uh, they don't have kickers. Um, but, uh, you know, generally speaking, if you're looking at an 18 to 20 round draft, um, something like five to six running backs is probably going to do well, um, at quarterback, you're talking about two or three almost exclusively. 
Um, you got to have two because you got bye weeks and, you know, you have some injuries and everything. Um, and, you know, the thing about baseball is there's no waiver wire, right? If your guy gets hurt, he's, he's, you just lost him. All right, Mike. So you're discussing a little bit about roster construction and certain limits you set yourself. But is there like a certain limit that you set where you don't go over no matter what? So you said like uh, five to six wide receivers. But say you already have like seven wide receivers on your team and there's that one wide receiver that fell that you really think has a good shot at having some big weeks. Will you take the eighth wide receiver or do you generally just stick to the game plan for your best ball drafts? Yeah, so they, they all play out differently. So, um, you know, they, and these aren't hard limits. Uh, you know, with wide receivers, you know, seven to eight is the sort of the sweet spot. But if there's a ninth one, you know, available who I really like, it's going to depend on the rest of the roster, right? Like if, if I only have one quarterback and I have only got one pick left, I don't care how much I like that wide receiver. I got to take a second quarterback. You can't just have one quarterback. Uh, the same with the defense or a tight end. You can't just have one. So it's about what you're giving up to get that extra guy that you really like. Um, so usually I'm staying within these ranges. Again, the five, six running backs, seven, eight wide receivers, and two to three at the, the onesie positions. Um, and I'm not going to stray from that unless there's a really good opportunity and unless my roster is like already set up to, to handle it. You know, I'm not making some huge trade-off. Mike, I'm going to ask you a uh specific question about a type of player so a lot of people we see be labeled as best ball players like a ted ginn right uh he'll have big weeks so it's good to have him in best ball because he's gonna be in your starting lineup and score the most points in those weeks uh how how do you feel about these players because sure that's the case but then if you look at the flip side they're only performing in about four games so do you try to get these players and mix it with more consistent players do you try to avoid those players or do you try to attack those players so that at one point every week you have someone going off? Uh, yeah, so those generally guys like Tegan, those, those high volatility guys are players that I will go after um, with that kind of profile. And um, the reason is particularly a wide receiver um, the, where, because you're rostering a lot of them. You know, I said seven to eight, you can even have nine or, or uh, you know, go up to ten. These guys who are going to have bad weeks, even up to two-thirds of the time, it's okay because you've got eight other guys to fill three or four starting roster spots at that position. And um, you don't have to guess which week is going to be the good week, right? Like that That's the really tricky thing in redraft. You know, you have to set your lineup each week. And if you've got a guy who, you know, only half the time or less than half the time is going to have a good game, it's really hard to even roster him because, you, you know, half the time you're going to get it wrong unless you're, you know, you're really, really good at it. Um, and that's, that's kind of dead weight on your roster. But in best ball, you don't have to make that choice. Um, you, you know, during those down weeks, you've got your other six or seven guys who are going to fill in for them. So I do go after them. I, I, and for that reason, I tend to go after wide receivers late in the draft. So I, I kind of want to be done with running back, um, you know, before the last handful of rounds of the draft um, and take my flyers on wide receivers because they are generally the guys who have more of those the, that kind of volatile spike week profile. Talking about the big weeks and the, and the, uh, the other guys who just kind of either put up 20 points or put up three points. Kickers and defenses are kind of like the same thing. You either have the stud defense or you have to stream. Do you go after like the Justin Tuckers, the Steven Goskowskis, or do you just kind of stack up three kickers at the end of the draft hoping one of them puts together a good performance? I'm definitely a late uh, kicker and defense guy. I mean, I think um, particularly with defense, I mean, every year, I mean, I, it's looking back, you know, six, seven years, the top defense that everyone's drafting early last year was Jacksonville. It's been in recent years, it's been Seattle, it's been Chicago. Um, they just, they just haven't performed. And the, these are guys that go in like the 12th round of a 20 round draft when you can get, you know, you can take two or three defenses in the 19th and 20th rounds. And they're probably going to put together a pretty good score at that position. Whereas you can get really strong players in other positions in the 12th round. So it's not a good trade-off, um, sort of as far as I'm concerned. Unless you know, unless you really know that that 
is going to be the best defense, is going to be the best kicker, and that, it's just hard to figure out. Uh, kickers get injured. Um, defenses don't, fortunately, but um, it's really you got to have high confidence. And in the way it's played out, you know, the, those expensive defenses just haven't paid off for people. So the NFL Combine is coming up, and there's a, a lot of talk about guys like Nikhil Harry, DK Metcalf, uh, Henderson, and all these rookies coming in. There's actually already best ball drafts going on for listeners who are not aware of that on sites like FFPC. Uh, Mike is already putting out charts for those drafts. So how do you attack rookies? Do you think, because last year we saw guys like Darius Geis going in the third round. We saw Ronald Jones going in the fifth round in early best ball drafts. Are you going to do any best ball drafts before the actual NFL draft to try to speculate a little bit and try to find some value? Are you going to wait till after? Do you like taking rookies? Do you generally avoid rookies? Kind of a loaded question, but what's your uh, general take on rookies? <laughs> well, um, no, but unfortunately, I'm, I'm ready for the question. I, I wrote an article about this before the draft last year for Roto Grinders, and um, the I do do drafts before the NFL draft. Um, you know, I've, I haven't done many so far this year, but I've done a few. And um, the thing that I found was, even if you're not very good at figuring out who the great rookies are going to be, um, with running back in particular, more than the other positions, they almost all get more expensive after the NFL draft. So if you're a person who's going to do, you know, a lot of these drafts, you know, uh, talking like 50 or more, which there are a lot of people who do that, um, it's good to do a bunch of drafts before the NFL draft and get your exposure to the rookies, the rookie running backs in particular then. Because even if they, like, even if you're going to be wrong about them or, you know, or you're not sure who the best ones are going to be in August, when they are on a team, people have seen them in training camp. There's not all this uncertainty about who's going to draft them. They're just going to be more expensive. Uh, so if you think about it at like a sort of a portfolio kind of level, like I'm going to have you know 20 to 30 teams, and I want to have you know five shares of uh, you know um, Barkley or Rashad Penny or whatever across them. Last year, you want to get them early. You want to get them when they're cheaper. Uh, so that's gen- that general idea. Um, I'm probably going to, I will have some exposure to rookie running backs and I'm going to try to front load it to, uh, drafts that happen before the NFL draft. Piggybacking off of a couple of questions we asked you earlier, you mentioned that there's a lot of different roster sizes in best ball. Now I'm a little, uh, salty here because I had a team that got injured. Uh, there was last season, there was small rosters and, it was basically a no-go from week one. So I know that there's different options out there. What would you say is the sweet spot for roster sizes in best ball? Um, you know, I the three the three sort of setups that I've played on uh, are on draft, which is um, 18 rounds, so 18 roster spots, but they don't have defenses. And then, um, then fan ball, they have 20. They do have defenses. And then the 28 FFPC, they add kickers. Um, I really, you know, I, I like all three of them. They're all different. Um, I think if you, you know, if you were expanding to 28 rounds but not adding kickers and defenses, it would just be a little too much. You know, it's, uh, you'd be going way too deep in the player pool. Um, I, I'm not sure that would be particularly interesting for me. But uh, all three of those, those setups are good and you end up um, in pretty similar ranges and, and similar strategies in terms of, uh, you know, the number of players you're going to draft at each position and, and when you're going to attack those spots. So there's not one that I think is best. Uh, you do need deep rosters though, like deep relative to redraft. You know, it, I think you don't want to have a best ball team or, uh, you know, be playing in best ball leagues where there are fewer than 18 rounds in the draft. Um, because you need you need that bench. You know, the whole point of best ball is you're not picking the starters each week. You have that deep bench of guys who um, who you've picked because you expect them to contribute uh, throughout the year, but you don't know exactly when. So because of your expertise in this field, i got to ask you, uh, because, in for example, uh, there's a lot of different strategies in redraft, but my personal favorite strategy is to load up on depth and then to unload that depth 
uh, for better players through trades. And of course, you can't trade in best ball. So what's your secret sauce in best ball? If you had one uh, strategy that you can tell everyone to employ, what would it be? Uh, well, I think the big thing is not overspending on uh, on the onesie positions. For me, the onesie positions being quarterback, tight end, and um, if you have defense and kicker in your league, uh, just just be be one of the last people to draft a lot of. Them. I mean, the early tight end can work out. It worked very well last year as long as it wasn't Gronk. You know, Kelsey and Ertz were both very good, um, but. People end up overspending quite a bit, or you know, if you take an early tight end, only draft two of them. If you're in a you know a twenty round league, um, don't take that third one for depth. I mean, you're kind of you, you if you're going to spend a lot for that that guy, you got to believe in him. Same thing for quarterback. If you're going to take one of the first five quarterbacks off the board, don't draft three quarterbacks. Just stop at two. Believe in the guy that you paid for, or you know, don't pay for him. Uh, just skip him. And uh, I think that that's a really big thing that that balance. You know, the uh, if you're going to pay for a stud, then you make some of it back by saving a roster spot that you can give to a different position. Um, and those roster spots in best ball, because you can't trade, uh, because you can't hit the waiver wire, are all so valuable. And uh, you know, so a lot of what I focus on is just squeezing the most out of every single pick and every roster spot. All right, that was Mike Beers. Best ball connoisseur. Truly, if you're not following him on Twitter, uh, you're messing up. He, I've been following him for a couple years now. He puts out tremendous work. Mike, if you want to tell the people a little bit about yourself or where to find you, go for it. Uh, yeah, so I'm on Twitter. It's the best place to find me. It's um, at Beerswater, B-E-E-R-S-W-A-T-E-R, just like it sounds. And... Um, you can find, I, we just launched um, uh, the whole group of tools on rotoviz.com, uh, tracking best ball leagues and, uh, you know, this whole warehouse of data that I've been collecting over the past several years is available there. So that's a very exciting development. And, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, I, I like to go on podcasts like this. So uh, you, you can find those on Twitter uh, when they happen. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of the story. Thanks so much, Mike. Uh, hopefully this isn't the last time our listeners hear from you on our podcast. You were great. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Mike. Yep, thank you. I feel smarter after listening to that. I'll tell you that. Uh, about Especially about best ball. Uh, Where'd you come from, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> Good man, job, technology guys. Technology is great. Good job, man. Good job. I feel I, I feel like I learned a lot from that. Um, so He's a good guy to talk best ball with. That's why sure. we have him on uh, closer to the season when we know where the rookies are and we know where the free agents are at. And then see who he's targeting. Exactly. He'll have some nice input. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, thanks again to Mike Beers for joining us on the Real Recognized Real Hotline. Um, Again, we give you guys the people you uh, can trust. Hotline. That's what we're calling it now. Jay, you quote tweeted one of his tweets earlier today, I believe, right? Yeah. The chart with Woods, Cup, and... uh, Yeah, he said Woods and Cooks, or was it Woods and Cup? No, so uh, Mike Beers at Beerswater... Uh, tweeted a chart about how he's following ADP, and right now Cooks, Cup, and Woods are basically all in the same range in this fourth, fifth round. And he was like, what's the answer? Like, what do you think? And I was like, honestly, it's, it might sound crazy, but in full PPR, it's Robert Woods. Half PPR, it's Brandon Cooks. And in standard, it's Cooper Cup. Interesting. I think I'd feel the same way. I thought that when I saw the tweet, and I was like, hmm. I might have to go a different receiver every <laughs> single that exact one, and then you tweeted it like a minute after. Yeah. I'd still, I'd still take Cup in half PPR over Overcooks. Well, because you have a a love for I do. Cooper Cup. I have a love affair with him. I'd over. consider Woods over Cooks in half PPR. I take Woods in full PPR, and I might take Woods in half. That's because you too. got a man crush on Robert Woods, and it fucking nailed it. <laughs> I think my least favorite of the three is Cooks. We can't stop talking fantasy, but we got to stop now. Jason, where can they find you? At Jason Petron. 
Michael, where can they find you? At Mike underscore Patron. And you can find me at Tim Patron, but only Frisky. if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. Shout out to BrotoFF.com and BrotoFantasy.com. Everything you need for your fantasy football needs are there. Shout out to the Broto Dugout at yep. Broto Dugout. Um, for all the baseball stuff, that is Michael's uh, baby. That's his, his solo endeavor. Maybe we'll pop on every once in a while. We'll probably be on in like the draft episodes because that's the cool time of I'll year. I'll be on. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to say often. I'll be on. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll be on too. Um, and also, uh, Twitter. There you go. At Brodo Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and on YouTube, youtube.com slash Brodo Fantasy. And Jason Don't Kill Me, Facebook.com slash Brodo Fantasy. Um, a lot of things coming at your way in April. We are going to a two episode format in April. We also have a whole bunch of surprises that we're coming at you with. We've been working hard behind the scenes, baby. Uh, and it's all for you to hey, win baby. fantasy championships. So don't forget us when you do. Um, please, give. if you have a sh- if you have a chance, please give us a five star rating and a review on iTunes. It really goes a long way. And here's the thing about fantasy baseball pod, a uh, fantasy football podcast. And I know this because when I found my secret weapon fantasy football podcast, I didn't want to tell anybody. Um, it's hard to spread the word because if you find us and then you get an advantage over your league, the 12 people you usually talk about football and fantasy football with who are in your league, you're not going to talk to them about your secret weapon podcast. That's true. So please leave us some uh, reviews and some stars, uh, five stars preferably, um, cool. so that people can see us because we you we know you're not sharing us, and that's all right. We understand. And One tell, star. Tell people that you, you tell people that you don't play against mm. about us. There you go. Yeah. There tell you go. your that's coworkers. How you can, that's how you can make it up for tell to your us. friends. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to mention um, for the listeners that do not follow us on Twitter. Some people aren't on Twitter. Uh, the new articles that Timmy suggested will be coming out. So keep up with the website. We're also uh, working on some updates to True Values, uh, home road split stuff of that. Also, sort. Jason's been it's in the be, lab. Jason's been in it, the lab. It's going to be very useful come draft season. The articles um, you could uh, like and comment if you like it. Give it a like if you have any critiques or you just want to say that's a good point or yeah, I was just thinking or article ideas leave a comment yeah the most recent article isn't even about fantasy football it's about a timeout that coaches use mistakenly jason's been preaching this for years finally he gets to write an article about michael it. as well um i oh. might have been the one who first said it <laughs> uh, twin power uh and then also he wrote an article about robert woods which i first said <laughs> <laughs> i also have an article coming about the five ways you can win a trade every time uh us three have gotten really good at winning trades the last trade i lost was to jason so um so. remember the aaron Rodgers trade yeah yeah, of course. So I have a I have an article the last coming trade out about quarterback value and why you shouldn't take them early. And we're going to have a bunch of shit just like that for you. We're coming. We care about fantasy a lot and we care about you winning championships. And we're going to continue to help you win championships if you could please leave us some comments uh, and some stars. That would be great. Until then, at Mike underscore Patrop, at Jason Patrop, hey. at Tim Patrop, at Fonzie. I just went hey. completely millennial and introduced us as at. Yo, real quick before we go. Odds at when? What year is the first baby gonna be born? Where their first letter in their name is at? Ooh, next year. Next year? This year. Jason? This year? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Ooh, getting crazy. I, I say twenty twenty. I think twenty twenty is gonna be the new millennium. The first like at Rachel is gonna be born. Like at at Josiah. At Miss Fear. <laughs> <laughs> at born today. <laughs> Sup. Okay, well, Atmosphere is kind of a We're crazy leaving name. you on those. Atmosphere would be a fire name. <laughs> <laughs> See ya! <laughs>